Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Well, good morning. It's a, it's a beautiful day here in Dripping Springs, Texas, the center of the universe on this flat earth plane. And uh, the sun circles, it's great. And uh, good to be here with you. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful day, 22 March. And I'm choking on my water and pistachios, but other than that, I'm doing great. Boy, it's good to be back. Um, we have been off the air for two weeks and one day. We had a Mercury in retrograde thing hit our our studio and uh, knock out a piece of equipment. And with supply chain issues and uh, you know, uh, the it was a it's a Russian problem. They they're. Um, I, we couldn't get the equipment, so we finally got the equipment in. So I was off for two weeks working on my screenplays. It was just God's way of saying, you know, sharpen this baby up. So I've had a wonderful time. And uh, thanks for all your kind emails saying, hope you're okay. Yeah, we're fine. We just didn't have the juice to, you know, to get on the air, and that happens. But we're back, and things look like they're working, knock on wood. A quick coffee in here, we'll do a show. And we're going to have fun. Uh, here's our phone number, 888-663-6386. The email is patrick at oneradionetwork.com. And the e, uh, 800 line is working. On the line, he is in, uh, well, I'll tell you where he is. His name is Bear Paul Lando. This fellow has more degrees than allows by law a naturopathic guy, homeopathic guy, Stanford Medical School, uh, weightlifter guy, um, kinesiology, uh, psychology. Uh, I don't know what he hasn't done. He specializes in biological terrain medicine, clinical kinesiology, Japanese meridian therapy, functional movement specialist, craniop- craniopathy, visceral manipulation, chiropractic, uh, new German medicine, oxidative therapies, I don't know what he does for a living, and he's a farmer, and he lives up in a beautiful area on the coast of uh, California and Oregon, and if you go to his website, alphavedic.com, you'll see some incredible pictures of this river that flows right next to his home, and he is uh, Bear Paul Lando, and he's on the air now, and we're going to say hi, and Mr. Lando, it's 8 o'clock in the morning there, how are the chickens? Chickens are good. The girls are good. Uh, <laughs> they wake me up every morning. They're uh, not too far out the window there, but uh, yeah. always good to be with you here, Paisan. Yeah, Paisan. You know, are your chickens, uh, Are you, you? can they just kind of go crazy and have fun anywhere, or do you have critters that will send them to their great beyond? No, we have uh, critters. Definitely, yeah. they they went last one night, so they're they're inside, tucked in for the night for sure. We also have to keep an eye on them during the day because we have a lot of sensitive crops that they'll decimate in minutes. So um, we're right now planning a little uh, daytime uh, run for them. They've got their own run where they're at, but we're going to put something on wheels so we can move them around and uh, <laughs> let them selectively eat bugs and not uh, <laughs> screw up the crops. Yeah. Aren't they wonderful animals? Chickens are just so sweet and just wonderful, aren't they? They're just great. Well, they're they're like our pets, you know, yeah. and uh, like this batch that we have, uh, 
they're in our third season. But, you know, a couple of years ago, we had little chicks. We had them up in our master bathroom next to where we sleep. And, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that's where we got them to a certain age before we put them outside. So they just they're like the family dogs. And we finally had to put them outside when they started flying over the edge of the tub and landing in bed with us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I, I have to tell you, um, I don't have to, but I will. Um, your products are just amazing. I've been buying all kinds of things from you, as you may know. I don't know. You're probably not involved in shipping, but uh, the teas are just, they're some of the best teas ever, ever. How do you do that? Well, they, um, they all have as a core our Jiao Gulan, which is, um, you know, what we grow around here. It's our signature crop. We grow a lot of herbs. We're more of a medicinal herb farm. It's uh -huh. our niche. So, um, yeah, the Jiao Gulan is our main thing. So, they're the core in the immortality teas. There's 10 of them. Oh, uh, you only know about five. We're going to release five more. Then we have the thermogenic, which are different herbs, you know, with a lot of things that we grow. Uh, but they have, uh, they're more caffeinated for the, the bulletproof kind of effect. I, I hate to use that. It's a brand name, but we were doing bulletproof before bulletproof existed. Oh, that's where so, you put uh, the, we have a lot of different the butter. for that too. Yeah, you put the butter in there yeah. and do the thing, yeah. Or coconut oil or butter, whatever, yeah. What does that do when you add yeah, I fat? I about that. To, when, you, when you add fat with a little caffeine, is there a special synergistic thing? Yeah, it makes it more into a time release. So when you have the caffeine, you don't just get a, a you know, a spike in energy and then a crash and burn. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a nice sustain It you know, the caffeine does uh, uh, give you a nice metabolic reset. Yeah. And um, yeah, and so uh, also stabilizes blood sugar. Uh, that's what I've got right here. I've got one of our blends is um, half Jiao Gulan that we grow and the other half is Guayusa. Huh. which is um, a mate family herb. So it's a little caffeinated. I mix it up with uh, coconut. And then that that's pretty much all I do all day. And then at dinner, you know, the big event at night, and, and that's it. But it sustains oh, so you your energy you and blood eat, sugar all day long. You don't eat all day, just one meal a day? No, no. Wow. I'm getting there too. It's like... Well, I want to talk about eating God because yeah, I think you'll we'll, we'll have fun about it. Mm -hmm. So, um, the Zhao Gulong, which is the kind of essence of the teas, tell us about mm -hmm. that. What, what's that one about? It's a true adaptogen, and an adaptogen is an herb that uh, really helps you be resilient against all the external stressors and internal things that we do to ourselves as well uh -huh. with, uh, you know, toxic toxic thoughts and emotions, but um, uh, all the things that, you know, we're getting the kitchen sink thrown at us now. So the Jiao Gulan does um, a lot of things that help us withstand that. I say true adaptogen because that's a term that's used in the herbal community inappropriately with some herbs that aren't true adaptogens. And, you know, so this is probably the best adaptogen of them all. And it also has been shown to lengthen and repair uh, DNA telomeres uh you know uh, uh to a great 
uh, deal just like C60 does. So it, it's a wonderful herb and it tastes great. Mm. And I just like growing it. You know, I've grown it now for about 15 years. What's the genesis of it? Uh, sounds kind of uh, Asian or Jap- Japan or... It is. It is. And, um, you know, I was, uh, as you know, we lived in the islands for a long time. And that's where we had our career and raised our family. But then we moved back to the mainland in Northern California, where we're from. So I started our first farm on the mainland side because we had one in Hawaii, too, uh, and and started growing it then. And that was down in Humboldt County in the middle of the emerald triangle <laughs> yeah. and but we had a great remote little farm there we needed more elbow room so six years ago we we found this piece of land right on river more pristine surroundings and and more out here by ourselves uh but i started growing it down there and uh and started growing it here i when i first started i didn't know if it would grow because it's southeast asia or southern china you know very popular there and it's you know now we're in more of a temperate uh, pacific northwest climate but i figured out how to grow it now i have uh, mothers uh you know that i start my crops with that are climatized to the soil and the conditions here so they love it and they just in fact they're coming up they're volunteering right now i don't have to replant anymore they're perennial and they just keep coming up and it's like it's hard to kill them now that we've got them going so plants um they uh, acclimatize themselves to a particular soil and climate and they kind of get they Mm -hmm. get used to it and figure out how to thrive wherever you put them, some plants? Exactly. Uh, a good way to do it, if you're introducing a new species that doesn't belong in, in a particular area, and mm-hmm. I know different people have thoughts about that, like we should only use uh, you know native plant species, and, and we're kind of on board for that too, but as uh, you know, uh, co-creators in this realm, you know, we do have the right to uh, you know, take a little bit of license with things as long as we aren't screwing things up. You know, <laughs> birds get to fly overhead and, and, you know, poop out seeds and things that are from thousands of miles around. So I think people, you know, <laughs> you know, can participate in that. So, um, yeah, we, we've, um, uh, a good way is you can grow it in a pot first. Uh, go through a season or two where you, you take it out certain times, like if it's not used to cold weather and, uh, you know, put in native soil and microbes and things. And then, you know, maybe the second, third season, you put it in the ground. And then uh, the longer it's in the ground in a certain area, then it, uh, the rootlets get compatible with the soil so that, um, you know, they're actually one, one continuous unit. And then I do some soil testing uh, we call it ionization analysis, where we look at the electrical properties of the soil and make sure that the micronage is of the right resistance level so that the rootlets and the soil are becoming compatible and they have, you know, least effort to do that. And then once they're off and running and they've created their own little habitat in permaculture, we call it a guild, uh, you know, where certain plants, uh, you know, cohabitate together, then, uh, it's pretty much all you need to do and if you're not doing stupid things like just trying to throw in a bunch of fertilizer organic or otherwise in order to force feed them you know to get more out of them if you know how to look at the electrical properties not only do they grow better with less input but then you're uh, renewing the topsoil at the same time for future generations 
And the electrical organic growing as we know it isn't that great. And the electrical properties are what again exactly of a, a plant? The electrical properties. Well, yeah, everything is electrical, and of course we've been brought into a level of reductionist science where we think it's all about particles. And of course, the smaller you go into that level of thinking, you get into molecules. But those molecules are actually representative of waveforms that are products of electrical vectors. So if you know how to take, for instance, soil samples, I did the same thing with bodies, you know, in my career years where I take samples of bodily fluids, hmm. um, you can create uh, an equation from the molecular um, you know, solutes that you get from the sample soil or bodily fluids. And then you can extract those, extrapolate those to what it means electrically in terms of conductivity, uh, resistance, and so forth. And uh, so in a body, for instance, I might be talking about ureas and salts and sugar levels and things like that. But then we understand what that means in terminology that an electrician would understand. We put the, uh, you know, the, the measurements of those solutes in an equation, same thing with the soil. And then it tells you the line of, uh, you know, least resistance where you're going to get better output of, uh, you know, and better efficiency with that, whatever system you're trying to develop, uh, you know, with very little. And the way nature works, it's self-perpetuating, and you're really not supposed to have to um, put much into it. You know, it is literally a, a zero-point free energy system. Our body's the same. The only reason why we don't experience that is we, we kind of do some dumb things just out of ignorance <laughs> in agriculture and medicine. And we eat because it tastes good, right? <laughs> well, especially us Italians, right? That's right. That's right. I'm having pasta, you know? I don't care about eating God, you know? Tonight, <laughs> let's have pasta. Uh, uh, Bear Paolando is with us, and our 800 line is working, if you care to join. 888-663-6386. Email patrick at oneradionetwork.com. I ditched coffee a couple months ago. You know, I just got to the point where I just didn't like it anymore. I was only doing a cup a day, yeah. but I just didn't... I liked it when I drank it, and then an hour later, not so much. You know, it took a... you know. Anyway, so then, you know, then I got uh, introduced to your green tea, and the one I like is, um, I guess it's the only one that really says green tea on the label, right? You have one, mm -hmm. and uh, boy, it smells like, whoa, it smells like flowers, you know? And it's probably the mm -hmm. best, I'm not, you know, it's the best green tea I've ever had where it's, it's there's some kind of lift to it, but it's special. You know, it's just like, uh, mm -hmm. it's just like, very soft and uh, really good. So, do you do it with the uh, the blend with the oil? I've never, no, I've not done that. No, I just just done oh, it's it. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah, with just and if uh, you do just a little hint of maple syrup or something that kind of pops it, it's unbelievable. I do a little maple syrup and then some of uh, heavy cream. Oh, okay. So that's that, so that's, that's good. That probably so, does um, the bulletproof that, idea, right? You know, the cream. Yeah. So there's, there's three different types of caffeine, and tea is one of them, coffee's a different one, chocolate's another one. <laughs> and um, the green tea that we use, it's, uh, you know, gives you more of a, 
more of a gentle upliftment. And then when you're putting the stuff in that you're talking about, you know, it helps sustain it. So it's even less radical on the caffeine level. But in that one, we put in Albizia flower, Albizia, which in that Albizia flower. In fact, I've got a tree right outside my window in that direction. And in about three months, it's going to be full of pink blossoms. So we gather those pink blossoms, we dry them. And uh, what it does is it stimulates your body to produce serotonin. Ah. So when you drink the green tea with the Albizia flowers in it, you're getting a good serotonin production, which just is that nice feel good sort of hormone and does good things to your nervous system too as far as calming and putting in parasympathetic but also stimulating you at the same time so you're not going to sleep either so it's just a it's a nice one pretty fun uh his website is alphavedic.com and you can get these teas and we're soon going to promote them here right you're working on getting us set up to do that yeah Yes. Cool. I met with uh, my website guy. He's uh, just weeks away from our own private server. Because, of course, we're always trying to outrun the beast that we would <laughs> like to interfere <laughs> with business. And um, so we'll have our own server and okay. we'll have our podcast and all that stuff, you know, behind firewalls, just like the big boys like you do. Yeah. And um, we're emulating you. And um, yeah, so uh, it, when that's all done, then then we uh, love to have a partnership with yeah, you. Yeah, we'll sure. do it. We'll, we'll, I love to promote them because I'm. I just ordered some more. And what else am I using of yours that I like? Is that that zero point thing, uh, and then also the enzymes, and uh, mm-hmm. you got some great, great, great products. They look. How do you? Yeah, you're always and you new ones too. You always come out with new stuff too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot of things in the works. Just so people know, uh, I have no desire to be a nutritional salesman. That's not right. why we do it. Right. What we're creating here is we have a prototype for small, sustainable farms. Oh. And uh, we do a lot of education on the land, a lot of other good things I could tell you about. But um, what it is, it's a permaculture design. And part of the permaculture is commerce because you know when you spend a lot of money you know taking care of the land and growing things which is time consuming and expensive then you take what you're growing and you can put it into products yeah. uh you know we have other we have ingredients and products that we don't grow but we're just moving into growing more and more of everything and you know then it creates the full circle so that we're truly self-sustaining but our prototype is uh for five to ten acre farms where you can copy what we're doing we teach people when they come here how we do things and then they can uh you know kind of morph it into whatever they want to do if they don't want to do herbs they can do food production they can do any number of things but we strongly believe that the the state the world's in right now especially with looming not even looming the food shortages are already here we just don't know it yet yeah uh you know every community needs an abundance of these small kinds of farms with different little niche specialties so that the community can sustain itself so that's what we're really doing and then our products are just uh more of an example of you know how you can produce your own medicine and everything too and we have more things that we don't sell to the public that i make in my alchemy lab that are you know spagyrics spagyrics and and other kinds of things that uh, are more specialized that i can't you know put out in in enough numbers uh you know in order to satisfy the public but our members you know get a chance to get a few of those 
And plus then you can bring in good American Federal Reserve notes, such as they are, and you got to do that, that, you know, to make, you know, to support yourself, right? And so it's a, it's a beautiful setup. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's also a way to do commerce where you're not fighting the system or mm-hmm. trying to evade or hide anything. Right. But um, have it structured so they are noticed in a legal, lawful way that uh, there is a public you know, side that we open eyes, go into and contract with them. But then also they know very well that we have a private side that allows us to interface with them without them stealing everything that we produce, you know, with our own blood, sweat and tears Hmm. and, um, you know, and not have to go to war with them in the first place. Yeah, whoever they are, right? Those guys. <laughs> That's right. We call them Doug and Mel here. Doug and Mel is what we call them. <laughs> right. I call them the boys downstairs. The boys downstairs. Yeah, Andrew Goss used to call them the boys. We call them the boys for years. Uh, yeah, uh, the boys. Yeah, I yeah. miss Andrew. I do too. You know, you'll get me crying if I start thinking about it. I, you know, he was like yeah. my best friend, and and we talked once a week and for twenty five years and. He mentored me in the whole money thing and helped me to understand how the whole yeah. works with the IMF and fiat currencies and, right. and the whole thing. And what a wonderful guy. And by you, I do. I miss him too. Did you listen to a lot of his yeah. shows? Some of his shows. Oh, all the time. Did you never missed a show? Whenever you know, whenever I could wow. hear it. Yeah, and, and you guys were just a great tandem together. I know. I listen to some of the old shows sometime when I'm doing exercises. I'll just put an old show on from five years ago. And I really enjoy him. You know, it's like we were—we really clicked, didn't we? It's—it's it's amazing. It was like yeah, he yeah, knew what I, <laughs> and he was just right there with anything that I said. Well, what about this? And he went, "Wow, <laughs> it was great." So, what would Andrew think right now? And oh bless Andrew, God. I know he's in a in a special <laughs> place because he—he's a good one. Um, wow. So, what would he think right now of the state of our world? Well, you know, I've been channeling Andrew to do that screenplay, you know, for the last I bet. five years. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of writing the thing. Mm-hmm. I'll put my name on it, but it's his. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, 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 I guess the bottom line would be um, his whole life has been about gold is the only real money. And I think, I think we're yeah. going to really, you know, see some real pop in gold in the next few years. I, it feels like it. Yeah, I, I I really believe that as everything else fake is, you know, is just becoming more transparently fake. Yeah. I think uh, if you don't mind a little comment about gold, no, um, there's sure. a reason why gold um, was a standard to begin with. And of course, it was a standard long before we thought up of the idea that you had to earn a living and have a monetary system in the first place. But gold for you know centuries, eons back was understood as the empress of uh, the mineral kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's literally precipitated light from you know solar rays. And um, it's the highest resonance possible in the mineral kingdom so that's why in the 
former golden ages, they adorned their uh, buildings and, you know, architecture and wore it abundantly. And it was very readily available on the Earth's surface, but because, you know, of uh, more recent greed and and monetary systems, it's um, it's a living intelligence. We have to understand it's, uh, you know, been hoarded and, and now we consider it more scarce. But I think uh, when you understand the resonance of gold as something very uplifting to our entire being, and that in the mineral kingdom, when you understand that every mineral is not a static mineral called aluminum or barium or carbon or, or anything on a periodic table, they're in a constant state of flux and they all are going the octave, a spiral octave, and eventually will become gold, which is the, the ascension process of the mineral Whoa. kingdom, because all <laughs> things are constantly evolving. So, wow. So, so, so all, like even silver and other minerals are all evolving, but gold is kind of like there and just hangs in the, in the ever-present now? It's the highest resonance in our realm. That's why in the old alchemy labs, you know, we think of alchemy and you hear these stories that they were just trying to turn things into gold for their pecuniary interest, but that's really not true. They understood the role of gold on a level of resonance or frequency. And so they did have, uh, you know, the ways, and I understand those things very well, having, you know, worked in that kind of lab for a long time uh, they understood how to take what nature does relative to transforming the waveforms that again are actually what all minerals and all substance that we think is substances in the first place and then in the lab doing processes that speed up what nature would take thousands of years to do hmm. but you know of course we do it twofold uh, in an alchemy lab and alchemy you have to understand that's real science. Uh, uh, science as we think of it today, scientism is one half of alchemy that they personally or, or purposely divorced from the whole equation so that we would just be in the superstition of materialism. But the other half of science is qualitative. So in the alchemy lab, we understand how to, you know, work both sides at the same time. So when you're speeding up nature's processes, uh, you're not only able to make elevated medicines and things that are, you know, good for your all three aspects of your being, including your body, but you're also participating, uh, you know, more as an active co-creator, and there's a certain spiritual awareness that comes when you work with those principles. Wow, that's really spiritually geeky. I love that. Um, so the ancients, way back even during Lemuria, or or uh, what was the other one we, we used to hang out, um, Atlantis and all that. Atlantis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they knew the spiritual aspects of gold and that's why gold was used that you know other than just a hard a hard metal that looked good uh right and um now those weren't necessarily the golden ages you oh, know, they were. there were special things going on in different civilizations but there are other golden ages and civilizations that you know Before that. don't really hear about until you get more into the literature, the, you know, theosophical, anthroposophical and stuff that goes way back, including the Bible, yeah. if you know how to read between the lines. Hmm. 
So, uh, yeah, they had uh, Atlantis got very technologically advanced, but also they were doing the same stupid things we're doing right now, which is why they sank themselves. Why they sank in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit of karma coming down. Well, then the, mm -hmm. the founding fathers a few hundred years ago, uh, they knew what they were doing when Article, what, what is it, Article 2, Section, what, Article 1, Section 8, 10? Let no state make anything but gold and silver a payment in debt. What happened to that? It's one? pretty <laughs> plain and simple. I think so. But of course, um, they they kind of get out of that fence around the the ten square mile um, right. district of Columbia, which is what the Constitution was intended to do. Constitution, of course, and I know you know all this, but it doesn't give us any rights. We're born with rights. Yeah. You know, just by the fact that we're in individualization of the creator, but they get they sneak under that fence there by bringing us into commerce and uh, through contracts, we agree to um, uh, waive our um, protections by the Constitution and the yeah. Bill of Rights. Yeah, I've Not heard a good idea, but we don't even know we're doing it. I heard it's pretty true, I guess, that uh, the only real authority the federal government has is in Washington, D.C., right? The 10 square miles? Yeah. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. it. So Unless you want to contract with them. With them, and, yeah. and all the which we do, documents right? will... Yeah, which yeah, we do. And, and they'll let you contract away, even if it's killing you. <laughs> That's right. What do you want? You want a driver's license? You want to do a tax return? You want to... Whatever you want to do, right? You want to sign up Social Security? Mm -hmm. You're in, right? Then you're in. Exactly. Yeah. Andrew exactly. used to talk about... Uh, he said, he said, what he used to say, uh, Bear was like, oh, he used to say, say, picture you're on this organic couch. It's a beautiful organic couch. And then they put plastic over the couch. And we're kind of on the plastic. <laughs> he said, yeah. if you, once you're in, you're in, you know. And I, I know his kids went for a long time without a social security number or anything. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, but mm -hmm. I think they finally jumped back in and, God. What a trip, huh? How we find ourselves here. And we know we went down that road of uh, thinking we had, you know, years ago, thinking we had to give up all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it makes life very um, inconvenient. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're pretty much on your own and been there and done that. Um, on the other hand, uh, you know, further down the road, uh, you know, in the groups I travel, we found that you could have the best of both worlds. And all you have to do is know how to demarcate between the public and private, like we were already saying, because you're not that person. On the other hand, if you're, you know, an agent for that person, person being a, a corpse, you know, a corpseration, uh, you know, then you can interact with the larger corpseration of, you know, the federal government and the state governments and the municipalities that are all under the same um, corporate umbrella. And, you know, you can do business. And since they took it upon themselves to create a monopoly to, you know, make it inconvenient if you don't do business with them, well, uh, they also had to provide loopholes because they need loopholes themselves. So uh, you just have to know how to work in their system without taking on the liability. Yeah, yeah. Be in the world with not of it. Perfect. Uh, perfect saying for exactly what we're talking yeah, about be in the world and and not of it and not of it. uh bear paul londo is with us if you care to join us 
patrick at oneradionetwork.com or 888 Oh, we have a phone call. Hold on, and we're going to get to you right after we do a quick break. Stay right there. We're going to do a quick break, and then we'll... Uh, uh, this is on sale right now. We've got some new flavors, too. Check it out. For my first meal of the day, I like to make a blended drink, and I'm always basing my blended drinks around colostrum. Colostrum adds so much creamy flavor and texture that if you don't have it, smoothies start to seem a little bit watery to me. Now, I'm going to be combining it with a bunch of other ingredients, but it really is the all-star. Colostrum has so many health benefits. Probably it's best known for its effects on the immune system. There's actually an article in PubMed showing colostrum to be three times more effective against flu and flu symptoms than flu vaccines are, even in high-risk patients. It's incredible for fighting flu and other viral-type infections. It's also really good for building lean muscle mass. In fact, it contains all 89 of the known mammalian growth factors. It's also very good for the gut lining. So people who suffer from things like Crohn's, IBS, uh, leaky gut syndrome, a lot of those folks are using colostrum in the regenerative process to heal and restore their gut lining. And one of the things I love about it is that it's a complete food. So colostrum contains everything a mammal needs to thrive. It contains all of the essential amino acids. It contains all of the essential lipids or fats. It contains all of the essential glyconutrients. Those are essential sugars that we need for our immune function. So it's got all of that and all those growth factors, which means this is really a complete food for human beings or for any other mammals. Mm, tastes great. It's got the fuel I need to get through the day and it's got all those added health benefits thanks to the colostrum too. We got a big sale, the biggest sale of the year on colostrum going on right now. 20% off on all colostrum products on Sir Thrival through our website. Use the code RESTORE. R-E-S-T-O-R-E. I don't know how long it's going to be going on. A few more. Huh? I'll have to check that out. Sorry, but it's Restore, 20% off. And Daniel's got some new flavors, and it's so interesting that, uh, Paul and I want to talk to him more about this intermittent fasting. I've been kind of, you know, working towards that the last few months and doing a few almonds and not having a whole lot during the day and then having a meal about 4 o'clock, fish or something. And uh, Daniel's got some new ones here. This is... Uh, I just got this yesterday, and I had some this morning, chocolate. Whoa, he's got cacao in here. Man, you should smell that. And I just put it in water, and it was great this morning with some um, uh, pistachios. And then also strawberry. And you, this is a smaller container here. And then you can get the regular. So he's got strawberry, chocolate, and vanilla. And uh, then the regular. And uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you could live on this. You just eat to drink this all day and have, you know, have some pasta at night and you're good to go, right? Let me put this down here. So it's a wonderful product, and Daniel's got great, great products along with colostrum. Um, uh, pine pollen, elk velvet antler, shaga, reishi. He's got a wonderful CBD uh, oil. He's got a new CBD thing that you put on your little face. Uh, he's really coming up with some great products too. Kind of like he's a he's a real uh, creative sort, like uh, like Bear is. So Th Sir Thrival, check him out through our website. Uh, they've been uh, uh, um, we've been supporting each other for gosh over ten years. Daniel, he's a he's a wonderful guy. Great products. Everything is in Myron glass. Well, you know the pine pollen and all that, not the colostrum. It's in a regular old container. So 
Check it out, Colostrum on sale. Use promo code RESTORE. One of the reasons I've been able to eat less and less, too, and I've gained five pounds, and I'm going to talk, I can't believe it. I've never weighed 130 pounds in my whole life. And I'm eating less, and I weigh 130 pounds. Now, what's up with that? So I'm going to ask Bear about that. But anyway, I think it's the hydrogen. Uh, I think it's a part of it. It's a wonderful uh, technology that um, we now have 20% off. We did a deal with George, and we wanted to have more people available to it because it's kind of a pricey thing. It's a $2,000 deal, but it, with 20% off, it's 2000 uh, 2, bucks. Use promo code 1RADIO. And hydrogen is a food. Uh, it's not, you know, it's just a food. Um, people say that um, stars eat hydrogen for breakfast, and the... They probably do, and yeah, but people talk, so we, you know, that's the word around the campfire anyway. So you can use it as a food. I breathe as much as I possibly can, but uh, this machine produces what is called Brown's gas, which is a step up from hydrogen, kind of like the fourth phase of water, the Gerald Pollack uh, idea, where it contains EXW, the fourth phase of water. So we drink the water, breathe the gas, and it's... Uh, it's very powerful, and uh, I, I think you just live off it. I don't know. But it's generally a food. Check it out. Um, a National Health Commission of the People's Republic of China says inhaling hydrogen, 66%, 33%, is advised to treat uh, the COVID-19 virus pneumonia. Well, that doesn't exist, so who cares what they say? Okay, well, forget about that one. <laughs> You know, you just got to pay attention. Check it out on our website. It is Hydrogen Brown's Gas Machine. Oh, God. Hey, boy, you got to be careful. On OneRadioNetwork.com, use promo code uh, OneRadio. <laughs> Broadcasting from the beautiful hill country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. Oh, don't you love it when they say all these things will cure COVID? You know, I just go, okay. <laughs> I know. And a lot of well-meaning people. They do. Yeah, um, I know. They mean well. They mean well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I always love watching Daniel's kitchen sink smoothie. Yeah, uh, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's good. Uh, by the way, one thing I didn't mention, you know, my morning tea, you put the creamer in. I actually use colostrum. Oh, do you? So you do your tea? And you, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll try that. Yeah, because it's got the fat, right? Oh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, tastes great. So, so you, this is what you do. You drink it all day, or you just have to have? How, how do you work with this intermittent fasting thing you're yeah. doing? You know, I kind of sip it yeah. first hour of the day, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then, uh, yeah, through the day, I just do water. And I'm not, you know, trying to do anything right. in particular. Just what feels good. Sure. Uh, you know, like the the um, the purists for the intermittent fasting, they say, oh, you can't use colostrum because it's going to mm. kick you out of keto and all that. Yeah, I, I really don't, I, I don't care do about it. all that. No, I don't either. I just do. <laughs> you know, like your bo- bodies are wonderful. You know, like one day your body just said, oh, I'd rather switch to something besides coffee. Yeah. And, you know, bodies are just always changing. So, you know, your body will tell you what you want to have and just go with it and don't get stuck on some ideology or yeah. or fad or, or something you think you need to do. Can't do that. Oh, no, you can't do that. No, no. Can you do that? <laughs> can you? 
You know, the, the only real exercise I'm doing is I got this high bar and I'm hanging. You know, I told you about that. And I hang, just hang down. I've been doing about five minutes a day in three or four sessions. And I'm getting so strong doing that. It's, have you ever done, it's great. Well, you used to lift weights. You know about this kind of stuff. You ever done the hanging thing? Yeah, it's good for your uh, upper respiratory system as well. Yeah. So what's up with great one. 130 pounds, 125 my entire life until the last three or four months, and I'm eating less. Mm -hmm. Well, you can look at that in two different ways. <laughs> and I want to gain weight. Uh, I mean, I want to, you know. Yeah. Not suggesting that you and I aren't spring chickens. But, um, you know, because of the stress that we all go through living in this realm, <laughs> in this um, realm you yeah. know, it does take its toll over the years as far as just your efficiency of producing hormones and things that, that would normally just keep you really leaned out. So it requires uh, doing different things and understanding, you know, what your body's going through. Uh, not at all that the body's designed to even grow old. You know, that uh, testing I told you about where we look at electrical vectors, yeah. well, we have that equation. It, it, it comes down to mathematics uh, that tells you the electrical resistance. If you have certain numbers in there, which we've proven out, that it would be impossible for your body to age or succumb to any kind of illness or anything in the first place if you're in that level. And we know exactly why people fall off of that electrical perfect beam there the other thing uh you know about adipose tissue that people don't consider it is insulation the body literally will create out of uh sodium and water molecules and and you know in conjunction with other organic matter create adipose tissue as a way to purposely insulate you against stress huh. and uh now you need to eat calories to gain weight for sure on the other hand, we all know people that are very overweight and, you know, maybe their diet and lifestyle isn't that great. But, they, you know, if you look at somebody who's really obese, it's it's hard to imagine that they're actually getting that big with the amount of calories they're taking right. in. And a lot of times individuals are just that's the way they're coping with outer stress that adipose literally insulates your neurology and other areas that need that for protection and uh this is kind of an unfriendly realm sometimes and then if you're if you're building any kind of muscle then that can put on there's got to be some some weight there right the muscles yeah, but it's two different tissues. Okay. You know, you always hear the story of the ex-athlete and they say, oh, my muscle turned to fat. Well, that's that's like, say, apples turned to oranges. That doesn't, doesn't happen. Do they lose their muscle and gain the fat at the same time. Uh, so they blame it on so, losing the muscle, yeah. right? <laughs> exactly. Well, exactly. Let's take this phone call. Thanks for your patience. Uh, good morning. You're on the air. Who's this? Yes, my name is Pat Macaroni. Yeah, Macaroni. Well, York. good. Well, Macaroni. Macaroni. Only, only by marriage. I <laughs> Yes. Um, good morning, both gentlemen. Um, I've been an admirer for um, at least a year listening to, to your podcast on Alpha Vedic. And I have been diagnosed about 11 years ago with RA, which I refuse to do the, uh, you know, the standard treatment and i've been losing kind of the battle myself um you know what do you mean losing what are you experiencing sweetie 
Oh God, I, I'm I'm just not happy. Bed bound huh? and contracted. And, oh man, in terrible pain and everything. Um, and the thing that is happening now, and I and I'm completely down with the whole pleomorphic, uh, you know, belief in uh, you know that we don't catch anything and we develop, you know, whatever our cells change and. I have come down with some type of a cough initially, and I've been, you know, trying all, um, you know, first uh, homeopathic and sovereign silver, and and my ribs are, and I don't even know if it's my ribs. I'm I'm just kind of afraid that it's kind of gone into pneumonia, and I was just wondering if, you know, I, I even have that um, symbiopathic uh, mucoresmosis that you recommended, but um. It's not really, you know, resolving itself. And okay. I was wondering if yeah, was, Paul, you yeah. got some ideas on what our next step could be? I know it's tough on the phone here, but that's just a little bit of information. Well, first off, when you talk about like rheumatoid arthritis, that's a name, that's a word. And mm -hmm. it's really not um, an entity that exists in nature it's uh, the body biologically expressing through symptoms. So in my career years, uh, when I saw quite a few cases of that, people would come in uh, the way I worked, every single case with the same exact diagnosis and outer symptoms, you treat exactly different because everybody gets there in a different way. So mm -hmm. uh, I just want to throw that out at first. It's not like there's a cure for rheumatoid arthritis. What we have to understand is why is the body having that biological expression in the first place? We can get to the lung symptoms in two seconds. But one other comment is if you look into the field of new German medicine. Um, and I did that too. By I, I did that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That didn't. And yeah. I, so who did you work with? The one that you had, Renault, uh, the one from uh, the French one from Canada. Um, yeah, yeah. The first guy that you had, but that didn't happen, ago. huh? That didn't work for you. Maybe you oh. try Melissa Sell. You know, she's been on the show. She's really good. Yeah, now I listen to her too, so, and, and I understand mm -hmm. that you know, I and I do have all of those you know devaluation symptoms and everything, and I lost my son about a year ago, and so now I, I do realize that the lungs and grief all go mm -hmm. hand in hand, but um, it's just so disheartening because, you know, I, don't, I really don't know what to do at this point. I'm kind of just, you know, waiting gotcha. to go. Yeah, waiting to go. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. Well, you can if you yeah, want. Yeah, um, you know, the pain is. I think the big mistake... I think the big mistake that we all make is that we're always looking for that thing outside that's going to cure us. And something like new German medicine is an important piece of the puzzle, but it's not that that understanding failed to cure you. It does give you a certain level of awareness of how the biology is also expressing something on behalf of the psyche. And that's a large discussion. And there's absolute truth, but there's more to it than that. And um, again, when I worked in clinic, we had a way to use the neurological system to just like a biocomputer and unravel uh, sequentially 
how people got there and you'd have a trail of breadcrumbs afterwards it would reveal the whole chain of events that led you to present time and what we think of as the symptoms um that doesn't mean you need somebody like me to do it but it does uh, for my own learning over the years it did illustrate how the body works and it's uh the first thing to understand is there's nothing to cure in the first place so we need to get out of this mindset of symptoms and i know easy for me to say when i'm talking about somebody else's symptoms because they really have a way of getting your attention and i've had my own issues in life um but those symptoms are again just the tip of the iceberg of other things that are not disease not microbial produced and um there's a whole unraveling that has a lot of uh, again this would anger a lot of people by saying things like this when they're hurting but there's a whole lot of opportunity to be um unearthed with every symptom because it's telling you a whole story that has great um repercussions if you understand you know the language of the body so um let's move in and let's move into another area of the body with your lung symptoms uh the body will have uh exudates you know accretions in different parts of the body including the lungs when there's certain organic matter accumulating now when the cells of the body have certain inorganic elements readily available that aren't readily available on most of us even those of us who eat organic food and things um then uh, those inorganic elements create a resonance that the cells of the body use to build every tissue of the body now when those uh, inorganic elements are in short supply in the bloodstream in the proper proportions then what they normally make out of inor- uh, out of organic matter will start accumulating in areas and now it can go to the dermal levels and we can have eczema or something you know because it's accumulating there or we could have it accumulating in the lungs and then you have catarrh and things that are diagnosed as pneumonia so basically when you understand medicine from and the body from a biochemic perspective you realize it's always about a deficiency of some type that is not allowing the cells to um you know have the proper building blocks to build what they need in the first place to keep you renewed and trouble free and then also it leads to certain things mobilized in the body because they're not being the materials aren't being used properly then they collect in other areas which creates a need for the body to eliminate those you know including what you're talking about as far as lung symptoms the other um thing of course we have going on these days is we're all getting poisoned and that's just sorry to say that's just a matter of fact so uh you know that is going to provoke responses in the body too and i know so many people with lung uh afflictions these days of course we blame it on germs and things but we're all breathing you know what's being sprayed in the sky and and all sorts of nonsense so there's a lot of factors um the first thing i would do if i were you it's not an instant fix we're not looking at a cure but we are just saying let's give the the cells of the body what they need and i'd start with cell salts and if you do those long term and just understand what they're doing you aren't going to be waiting for an instant cure but you are going to be understanding that over the months and years ahead your body and the cells are going to be able to do what they're supposed to do which is to renew yeah. every tissue every single day and then oh, also live on, do things I live to on them. things that are poisoning oh, us 
So you take them ongoing. So keep doing it. Keep doing yes. it. Yeah, keep doing that. Okay, my dear. Well, I hope this was, you know, shed a little bit of light on your situation, and we wish you the best, dear. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay, thank you. Um, uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. So um, this brings to this email, which is interesting. Um, thanks for the show. I'm enjoying Bear. I want to look at his website from uh, Amy. Two questions on his diet. One, what are the benefits of only eating one time a day called intermittent fasting for the, the body? And how do you get all the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients that you need only eating one meal? Good question. Excellent question. First off, we have to understand that we get 70% of our nutrition from the atmosphere. And uh, we're talking about that testing we do that extrapolates everything to electricity. Mm -hmm. Well, in the atmosphere, and you're talking about hydrogen, if you go back to old alchemical understandings, and they talk about the four elements, and we could get into all sorts of crazy waveform physics, but I'll spare you. Um, hydrogen is the fire element. And in the atmosphere, hydrogen conjugates uh, with the next element, which is the most malleable element in the atmosphere. It's nitrogen. There's some special, um, and, and nitrogen is, uh, you know, that, that uh, air element. And then the water element is oxygen. Now, when those first two conjugate with water, then you have chemical precipitations actually in the atmosphere and then they uh the final step is with the earth element which is actually carbon and more of our western understanding but what i'm getting at here is there's things going on in the atmosphere that we actually take in through our lungs now the more efficient your body is the healthier you are then you're going to be more efficient at extracting most of your needs which we do unknowingly anyway out of the atmosphere so we don't need as much foodstuffs as we think we do and historically you know people did not eat all the time they you know hmm. uh you know gather farmed or whatever and they just weren't constantly eating all the time like we think we do uh so also when you got a constant um you know intake of food that's really overburdening your digestive system and then things, uh, you know, you have imperfect digestion. You're from that, you know, microbes are going to get involved to try to help. Then you're going to have, uh, you know, more long-term colonizations of microbes uh, in your gut, you know, that, you know, now become problematic in themselves. Then you go to a naturopath or somebody and they say you've got small you know, what do they call it, SBO or whatever these days yeah. with the bacteria in the small intestine and, you know, then want to do all sorts of other stupid stuff. So you can really um, eliminate a lot of the uh, workload on your body. Uh, just let your system get more cleaned out. Uh, do little tricks, you know, like what we're talking about, a little, you know, tea with all of, uh, with, uh, you know, coconut oil or something, you know, just to sustain you kill the hunger pangs until you kind of get used to it because it does become a habit. And then, you know, with that, you become more efficient at not only extracting things directly from the atmosphere, but then when you do eat food, you're going to be more efficient at extracting, um, you know, that in the first place. And when your gut isn't overburdened all the time, 
that also takes the heat off the pancreas that's constantly needing to put out digestive enzymes so your enzyme system becomes renewed so when you do eat you have you know a perfect influx of um of uh, alkaline digestive enzymes that are also going to neutralize the acids in your body and also you're going to get more efficient um uh, hydrochloric acid production from the parietal cells in your stomach, you know, which is the first stage of digestion. So everybody's a lot happier, rested, and works a lot better the less you're, you know, thrown at it all the time, I guess is the short answer. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Makes sense, too. Um, because I don't know how we got here, how long we've been around as humans, but we certainly didn't eat three times a day. I, I don't know about you, but I don't have time to eat three times a day. <laughs> I don't either. Yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Yeah. Yeah. It's really quite fun. Uh, OneRadioNetwork.com with uh, Bear Paul Lando, Patrick Timpone. Um, we, we've been talking to Dr. Ray Pete. We talk to him once a week, right? And uh, we were off. We had a technical issue. I think we're going to get him on tomorrow, hopefully, uh, for this month. And... Uh, we talk quite a bit about retaining carbon dioxide, right? Not over-breathing. Mm -hmm. And uh, actually looking in the idea of getting CO2 in a tank and filling up a little body body thing and filling. Have you ever messed around with that or do you know about that at all? Well, I know when, uh, well, not in my body, I haven't done that, but I know growers will pump it into their greenhouses because it produces growth. And, huh. you know, isn't it ironic that right now we're trying to reduce <laughs> CO2 emissions? Right. Right. It's bad. It's bad. Don't do it. Yeah. You know somebody's laughing at us from somewhere. I know. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's just really hilarious. So I'm looking into it where you get a tank and then you get one of these they have these ozone bags, right? And, you, and then you can fill up the tank with the CO2 and just experiment, you know, play around. I love playing around with this kind of stuff, you know. Now, done the ozone for a long time. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What would you do with the ozone? Did you fill up the, a, a body bag like that? Well, I certified in oxidative therapy. So when I was in practice, uh, one of the things I did for orthopedic work was called prolozone. Prolozone. And so what you would do is make little cocktails that would have an ozone base. And they let's just say somebody came in, like our, our uh, uh, first guest there who had a question about an arthritic condition, and you can inject that right into joints. And then the oxygen-rich environment that's created by the injection of the ozone right into a joint capsule. It could be a knee. It can be anywhere in your body. It can be in spinal segments. You have to know what you're doing. You know, then that will help uh, the body start to regenerate itself and clean itself out. Ozone is unique. It's not just like taking extra oxygen, like breathing straight oxygen. There's three oxygen molecules. So uh, the third will break off once it's in your body. And then that becomes like a free radical type in a good sense that starts gobbling up all sorts of waste products and, and, and things that create inflammatory responses. Uh, and then the, the other uh, two oxygens then just do their job as 
far as oxygenating. And the other thing uh, we would do is um, more systemic oxygenation with ozone. Uh, major autologous blood therapy where you take blood out of the body, like 500 milliliters, then throw, throw it through an ultraviolet, um, you know, system that would clean it and then hmm. also put, it back put in. in so many CDs of oxygen and then trip it back in. Uh, over the years, I developed a way I thought, well, this is kind of stupid having to take blood out of the body. Plus, you have to use heparin. You know, it's an anticoagulant to get it back in. And then all the heparin I was aware of were, was made in China and it was all tainted. I didn't trust that. So I started using sea plasma, which uh, there are companies that sell that. And it's identical to blood plasma. So I thought, well, why not just ozonate that and put that in? And it worked brilliantly and saved people from all the other stuff of taking blood out and, and having to use unclean pharmaceuticals. And then I found out after the fact with my own experience that the Russians were already doing that years ago <laughs> using the sea plasma. So uh, it's a good way where you just, it's like getting an oil change. You know, you get that in there. And even though it's only 500 milliliters, it has a great effect as cleansing the rest of your blood. And then you look at the blood under the microscope and it, it, there's, you know, major changes going on. Wow. There's other ways to use oxygen at, or ozone at home if you don't know how to do all that kind of stuff, which is like rectal insufflation. You can get your own ozone machine, uh, do two uh, minutes of, uh, you know, you just stick a little tube up the back end there. Uh, you know, kind of hold on to it for about 20 minutes and then it's absorbed through the lower bowel and has a great oxygenation effect. And if you did that daily, you know, for a little, you know, like five days in a row, that might be the same effect you'd get out of one of those more invasive therapies. So people can do a lot at home just with their own ozone yeah. machine. In a recent order, you you gifted me with a uh, some kind of a coffee for anima thing that you sent me. Oh, yeah. And yeah, you don't drink yeah, you don't drink that one. And so you 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 came up with a a coffee that's special for the animas. And well, tell us about that. What what'd you put in there? So you, everybody's probably heard of the Gersten clinics sure. where they specialize in taking cancer cases and they would do five coffee enemas a day Whoa. with their people down there. Five a day? And yeah. Now the history of coffee enemas and, and I don't know who the first person is that thought of this, but uh, nurses out in the field during World War uh, One, because and two, they uh, were short of morphine, and they had soldiers injured and suffering. And they found that if they did coffee enemas, it would greatly uh, reduce the pain. And uh, I understand how that works because any pain mechanism has a great relationship with things that are going on in the liver. So if you purge the liver, uh, you know it's going to reduce pain and make you take away headache all sorts of good stuff hmm. but um when you take coffee up the back end uh what happens is it bypasses digestion and it's absorbed into the liver and then it creates a purging of the liver now all of us you know think of the liver as an oil filter in your car and let's just say you live out where we do we're off-roading 100 percent of the time you have to change your oil filter more often so the fact is is that all of us on the planet nowadays are off-roading 100 percent of the time with all the stuff we're exposed to mm -hmm. so it's really a good idea to do a coffee enema i'd say one to three times a week because then it purges 
the liver, just cleans out the filter and then allows your body to keep up, you know, with all the, you know, just keeping itself clean so that things start, don't start accumulating, which create the um, long-term systemic poisoning, which is the point of why they're throwing all this stuff at us in the first place. <laughs> so coffee enemas, the ones we uh, make, we use uh, an uncooked, unroasted coffee because it works better. Mm -hmm. And then we also combine uh, with buffers so that it's more gentle on a lower bowel you know we have organically produced uh, sodium bicarb we have aloe concentrate you know it's very healing for the lower bowel as well uh, we have uh, different uh, uh, herbs in there that also support the coffee to help clean out the liver and a few other things but that's what's in that one hey, how long do you have to hold uh, the coffee in there and how much to be effective 20 minutes would be ideal, which is difficult for a lot of people at first. So you just keep the, the amount on, smaller so yeah. you can hold it a little bit longer. And then after a while, 20 minutes is no problem. Just read a book or something. Yeah. So you're better off doing less and holding it longer as opposed to try to yeah. load it up and have a hard time holding it. What would be the minimum, yeah. do you think, you amount that you'd have to get in there? Well, it's it's the fluid, the volume of fluid that makes it hard. So, uh, you know, all you need is like three tablespoons of coffee. So maybe instead of, uh, you know, using a quart of water or even up to a half gallon of water, which some people do after a while, um, you know, just use a pint of water. And that's pretty easy to hold in. 16 and then, yeah. uh, you know, if you increase the volume over time, uh, that kind of helps also because then that extra volume is obviously going to spread further throughout the, the lower bowel and have more surface area to absorb into the liver. Mm -hmm. But uh, just start with small amounts of uh, water. Mm -hmm. Here's a great email. This is from Pamela. Enjoying the show. I've had constipation issues most of my life. Can you guess go over what are the, the chief causes of constipation? Thanks. Hmm. In my experience, uh, the main culprit in constipation is liver congestion. So anything you can do to help the liver, again, you could even go back to the coffee enemas. Uh -huh. And I'm not trying to put this out as a cure-all or anything, but it really does help in the long-term liver function. And... Um, you know, it does have a, a cleansing effect in the lower bowel, but that's not why you're doing a coffee enema. You're doing it to absorb to the, you right. know, the liver directly through the blood system. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that would be a good start. The other thing is you want to look at pancreatic uh, digestive function, which is going back to our prior discussion is usually fatigue in most people just because of the foods we eat the amounts we eat even if you're not overeating amounts maybe the frequency of intake and so forth and uh you know most people will resort to different kinds of herbs that are natural laxatives that's really not a cure all you're doing is trying to create one physiological effect to to you know outrun the other one you don't like yeah um it's it's a good non-drug-like approach that's better than taking a pharmaceutical but you know i'd look more at just uh you know improving liver function taking the heat off it and then doing all the other things we're talking about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, do you do you ever think doing extra fiber like psyllium or something is worthwhile 
Well, again, that's just trying to create an opposite physiological effect. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, but you shouldn't have to rely on that. Right. You want to get to the point where everything's happening without it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And no matter what, you know, what the condition or what trying to affect you're getting, what kind of effect, uh, you always start with making sure the body has the 12 building blocks. And when those are in the bloodstream, those are the cell salts, then you can do take it from there and do whatever else you need to do. But uh, regardless, always start there because if those are in short supply, which they are in most people, even if you eat good fulvic humic minerals and everything, you know, our bodies these days are uh, even having a hard time absorbing those we have those in our products but then the cell salts are fundamental because again they go right into the bloodstream and don't rely on uh, trying to get through liver congestion and and digestive accretions and everything else it's amazing cell salts they're so inexpensive so easy small Mm -hmm. right and uh, i started taking them after you recommended them i don't know maybe a year ago or something and i think i'm doing two i went on this Santos Bonacci's website and found the ones, the two good ones for me to take according to my birth date or yeah. something. I don't know. So I'm taking three along with the, what's that one that has them all in there? And so you just... The 12 and one. The 12 and one. So you're just doing those every day forever, right? You just do them and they work. Yeah. And wow. you have your constitutional salt, which is uh, coincides with your birthday. Right. And so people know we aren't just doing some kind of superficial horoscope reading and and doing a you know recommendation on that you have to understand the sky clock which is the 12 constellations create a real resonance that can be measured it's it's physically real it's what makes everything in this realm tick and then the cell salts are capacitors they receive that resonance they need to be in the bloodstream and then when they're there in sufficient amounts and proportions they receive that resonance that correlates with every single um, organ system in our body and helps the body build every tissue in the body. Santos has an interesting thing, you know, when you go into um, the sky clock, we'll call it, call it the constellations. Right. Um, embryologically, if you follow, you know, one through 12 there in a certain direction, um, which is, um, you know, Aries, which is springtime all the way through Pisces which is the final one and through all 12 signs it uh each one because it's correlated with a resonance it has to do with the different embryological fold unfoldment of our body as well as uh, you know just the, the tissue function throughout our entire body um it goes in a certain direction now santo said no it should be going the opposite direction yeah, right and yeah and he is uh, uh correct but it's still half the story and uh, I, I believe the reason why he does that is he understands what the old Theosophicus and Rudolf Steiner used to teach is how those constellations are beaming down in an opposite direction and going through the same sequence in the opposite direction. But that is has to do with the spiritual unfoldment of the human species within this realm and we're not all the way through the cycle but more properly understood i believe is it is going in both directions simultaneously which is what everything in our realm does right down to every molecule every cell in our body which creates 
um, you know, opposing uh, vortex, which we call the toroidal field. Every cell is a toroidal field. Every mineral is a toroidal field. Every system in, uh, you know, the upper realms is a toroidal field. So when you understand that one, you know, the constellations are going in both directions in conjunction with the capacitors on the ground, it's creating a massive toroidal field, which is what this realm in actuality is. So I think the original people that had it going and uh, counterclockwise were right. And I think that Santos is right in going the opposite direction, but you got to put them both together to understand how the realm works in the first place. Whoa. So I know I'll get emails on this from folks because uh, we'll be streaming this a lot, this show. Where do where do people go to find out what would be the best cell salts for them to take? Is, do you know of a place uh, some to see some kind of a, um, a grid? There's a, um, boy, there's a wealth of information. Um, I just created on our website. Okay. It'll be out on our new website soon. Uh, we're going to have cell salts ourselves. And... Um, Every page, you know, 13 pages for each of the 12 and each and the, the 12 and one as well. And the page will take you through how to find each one will tell you how to find your constitutional salt, how to find your bridge salts, which usually there's three of them. Oh, those are the correlate with the months that you're, you know, between conception and birth. A uh, whole different story, but those are the ones along with the constitutional cell salt that you need most of. And then at the end of the page, I just give a little synopsis of how to use them symptomatically as well. For instance, just to say you have accumulations in your lungs, uh, you know, then there's certain ones that, you know, could help you just on a symptomatic level, uh, you know, more short, short term versus the long-term use huh. for your constitutional remedies. And when is that coming out on the new website? How long? Will I've it? already got it made. It'll probably be out in uh, maybe a week or so, wow. and then it'll translate onto the new site as well. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but uh, if you don't want to go to our site, uh, there's great books. Um, George Carey. Carey? Of course, the original Dr. Schusler's uh, material is great, but then George Carey, a medical doctor, took Schuster's work to another level by understanding all the residents and things uh, that I'm talking about. And then Inez Perry, a protege of Dr. George Carey, uh, you know, continued Carey's work uh, on at the same time. Oh, so, so Carey's no longer with sources. us? Carey's no longer with us? No, no, he was uh, way back a long time ago. How do you and, and Inez Perry uh, isn't with us either. How do you spell uh, Carey's last name? Uh, I think it's what C A R E Y. Okay. Um, don't hold me to that, but it's something like that. Folks, could uh, DuckDuckGo, George Carey, Cell Salts, or something to find information? Yeah. The, the great thing about his work is he really gets you into the understanding of what the scriptures hmm. we're talking about in the first place. Not just the scriptures, but all the old, you know, great uh, literature, uh, you know, uh, the early Masonic teachings. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they weren't always evil. You know, everything has been infiltrated. And originally, you know, the Masonic teachings were about rebuilding the temple, which meant the physical temple, the body. So what's been inverted and held from us is the fact that our bodies are the most important thing we have. 
uh, if we want to manifest the purity of spirit in this realm, we have to have those capacitors available so that the body is in a whole state that can create that resonance so that we can then do what we're supposed to do, which is to create heaven on earth. Yeah, baby. <laughs> but because we don't know how to do that, uh, you know, our bodies are not capable most of us of manifesting the purity of spirit so that's why we uh, have all sorts of crazy ideas and do the stuff we do might <laughs> do the stuff we do bear parlando is with us patrick timpone one radio network.com uh, we may get martin armstrong on tomorrow uh, we had to cancel him because of our technical thing and uh we'll see and then repeat so uh, this week's still a little in flux because of you know our little mercury and retrograde karma that we're uh, that we're working with. Um, man, it's great. So, um, you know, we we talked with uh, Bonacci a few times and other other kind of cosmology truthers. Do you, do you think that these planets are 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 solid or little light beams? Or what what do you think? I don't believe they're solid. Hmm. You're going to put me on the spot here. Yeah, of course I'm going to put you on the spot. Because <laughs> everybody can say, oh, that Rondo, he's crazy as a loon, man. <laughs> I don't believe for a second uh, what NASA tells us or the, the nature of our solar system and planet, the way it's been taught to us. I don't know what shape the Earth is in. Um, what I care about more is the function. Uh, just like in medicine, I practice functional medicine. Mm -hmm. And when you understand how things work, then all the other secrets are revealed to you, including geometry. And with the function of our realm, uh, what I can see, and also studying the work of some other people, like FPV Angel, if you've ever heard of him. Yeah, he's yeah. got a yeah, he's, he's got some cool written, stuff. Uh, uh, you know, he's got really good evidence that this is a technologically functional realm that, um, you know, does exactly the things that I was talking about as far as, uh, you know, we could call them plasma fields or whatever, what we think of as planets that are literally beaming down resonance that creates everything the way it is on the ground yeah. and when you know how things work not only can you participate in co-creation but you can also uh keep yourself in pretty good shape yourself but that w the, the more you get into what we're taught in school even at the highest levels as far as uh planets and things um you know in their in their state that we're led to believe it just doesn't hold any water it doesn't make any sense it's illogical it just and then even in standard physics even when you don't go down that road just standard physics you look at the laws of thermodynamics and they all contradict each other so you know early on when i was in med school and, and doing all my studies i just i just had all sorts of questions and um and usually you're just told to shut up and you know get shut your up. grade and move on so and even the moon i mean wow when you really think about the moon we had a fellow we showed a video of a scientist about i don't know it was about 60 years ago and he was talking about how the moon was just a 
a plasma thing and this guy was being interviewed and and the, the, the it is yeah did you see yeah and and the interviewer said well you know they're going to go to the moon in a few years is i think 1965 and he said that's not going to happen <laughs> he yeah. said that's not happening it is a plasma thing yeah. it, it it doesn't feel solid to me i mean just energetically if you look at it doesn't mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, uh, Crow Triple Seven, you know, I'm sure you know who he is. Yeah, he's he's done all this great photography and yeah. everything. And uh, the thing's transparent. Yeah, you can see through it. How can you? Yeah, you can see through it if you look yeah. close enough. Whoa. Mm-hmm. But that is, to me, that's so spiritually cool, if I can use that term, because it's so much more powerful than just some rock, you know? I mean, all the energetics, and it's a, I think it's a soul just like we are, and it's just there to help us figure out who we are, my opinion. Exactly. And we are told, um, when you dig into some good stuff there, that uh, we are all in training to eventually be taken out of quarantine and create our own systems of worlds. And yeah. that even some of our entourage that we have with us now that we call the cells of the body are actually living sentient organisms that will be making that journey with us and people uh, larger systems that we will be creating down the road and one of the things i used to do with everybody when they came in uh you know first treatment is we look at their blood together under the microscope and i'd put it up on a screen Uh and uh you know just kind of introduce themselves to their internal universe and try to impress upon them that those cells are taking orders every single moment from them by every thought and feeling that they entertain and maybe it would be a good idea to start being a benevolent god of your own universe yeah, you know, I think about that so much, uh, Bear, how every, I don't know, every thought, image, feeling, oh, my stomach just did a good thing, Any, um, that I accept as real and stay in that state of consciousness is, is in my body at that moment. I mean, I, I know it is. It just is, you know, it is. Um, I can feel, I see it when I wake up in the middle of the night and contemplate all this and start leaving my body, I mean, it's just a trip, you know. It's like, whoa. Which is really the essence of how we create disease, right? Every thought is an electrical vector. Yeah. And nothing in universal consciousness can be created without an electrical vector as far as precipitating into what we think of as reality. So if we... understand that thoughts are things and every single thought creates an electrical vector that polarizes and then that polarization creates a tension between the polarizations and creates the resonance no different than plucking on a guitar string Hmm. so if you think that every single thought throughout just one single day is you know plucking on a guitar string it's like well you know that resonates and affects every cell your body then the emotions the next plane down from the mental plane some people call the astral well then that creates a velocity uh in that polarization and so the more emotional intensity 
uh, good or bad, then that is going to, you know, make that uh, manifest more readily or not into our experience. So not a good idea just to be walking around with stuff going through your head all day long. You know, we really need to get that under control. Yeah. And then yeah. when you when you have it impressed upon you on how important that is, it takes less and less discipline. And uh, that's why, you know, sometimes with age, you start connecting a few more dots because you know how you got that gray hair in the first place. <laughs> At least I that's do. Right. Yeah. And, and of course, in the Eastern philosophy, the whole Buddhist thing and Taoism and Hindu and this uh, yogic idea of just observing these thoughts, I think, I think there's a big step up from that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Which I did for we years. Which I did for years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're now in a marvelous time. We're in the age of active contemplation. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Active contemplation. Yeah. Talk yeah, about that. Is between so it's, it's like the thinking what we want. And the pure doing. Right. It's like thinking mm -hmm. what we want rather than grabbing onto some thought and thinking, oh, I'll do that. But as a spiritual being, just think what we want to think quietly. Contemplate. Well, the the eastern part of the planet was the memory banks for a lot of spiritual truths for a long time. Yeah. But it was more the. Now I'm gonna use some words here that'll trigger people, but <laughs> it was the Luciferian um, school ideology and not meaning a guy with a pitchfork and horns luciferian was an embodiment where that individual um greatly influenced the asian side of things which is really um pursuing out-of-body experiences and we see that in ancient eastern cultures where very adept at leaving their body and meditation and things but then their culture wasn't always civilizations weren't always in great shape either as far as your ability to manifest on the ground we're here to manifest on the ground mm -hmm. so then you go to the Araman influence, you know, which Steiner warned about, which brought us into this reductionist materialism only kind of side of the coin. And we're great at manifesting here, but also to our own destruction and having our own technology eat us alive. Now, the Christ consciousness is between the two. It's understanding we're much more than this physical, but then being able to ground in with that other side so that we can be co-creators on earth and not be, you know, one side of the pendulum or the other. So why do uh, so many souls in bodies create all this stuff that they don't want, that they don't like? How do they do that? greatly a product of mind control hmm. and that's where the boys from downstairs come in <laughs> the boys that's where the boys come in yeah so um but there, somewhere there is a there is a uh, initiation into the idea of soul understands it is not the mind or the ego, right? There's something, some initiation that goes on there. Well, again, it's the, it's the balance. 
we have to have a healthy ego to yeah. manifest to individualize it's not bad it's not like we have to kill it <laughs> but we just have to balance it out yeah realize it's no it's not just about you but you are here you know to create an individual experience and not just run the whole show or to go into an extreme where you're you know in constant fear of ego annihilation and then just really do dumb things because you know you think you are the ego in the first place yeah it could just be the it's a vehicle it, yeah it could just be the thought of chasing another thought right the ego chasing the ego you're bad <laughs> whatever right right you could spend a lifetime doing that one and the cool thing is is uh you know we live in a time and age where all of this is very easy to understand to the western intellect yeah people get this Mm -hmm. I get emails all That's the time. That's what Steiner was about. And, and, and they, they really get a lot of I mean, some of them don't, and yeah. but a lot of people get it. You know, it's not, it's a little spiritual geeky, yeah. but I mean, isn't that why mm -hmm. we're here to kind of understand how this whole paradigm works? Exactly. And Steiner, you know, was a great stepping stone for us because he took the Theosophical, which was more that Luciferian Asian kind of slant on things, you know, with Blavatsky and that whole train. And then, of course, you got a whole group of people out there. So, oh, Blavatsky, she's a devil because her books were, for, you know, and yeah. all this kind of kind of nonsense. No, she was a train of thought. Then it was uh, Steiner's job to bring that languaging into a Western understanding and then also, uh, you know, balance out the two with what we think of as the Christ consciousness. And then also he warned of Araman, which is the other extreme polarity that is about total destruction which is what a lot of our esteemed politicians are trying to yeah. bring into embodiment right now <laughs> you know yeah and uh you know why they're doing all these weird rituals and things and then we came into the 50s and 60s and you know the whole lsd and marijuana thing and uh new age you know and uh, what uh, krishnamurti and alan watts and cool guys you know and ram das and they kind of took us up a, up a few steps too right open up a lot of windows mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. as long as you didn't overstay your welcome <laughs> i have a lot of friends you know i was in college in the 60s so i have a lot of friends that never made it out of the 60s or or uh to this day <laughs> the ones that are still alive are are you know um wearing little um you know wearing their mask and save ukraine flags and uh yeah you know just turned into total blithering idiots yeah 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 because you i like that term that you use don't overstay your welcome because you can do that real real easy oh yeah yeah especially with the drugs they're very seductive oh baby okay i gotta do a quick little break can you hang on a second patrick timpone one sure. radio network.com i just Love talking this fellow, don't you? I know you do. Previously with Dr. Thomas Rao, the Pericles Medical Clinic in Switzerland. Their specialty is detoxification. We asked him about far infrared saunas. The far infrared sauna goes much deeper into the skin subcutaneously. It has its maximum about four to five centimeters below the skin surface. You've actually measured materials in the sweat, and you've proven this. 
Yes, the, the patients after a week doing this every day, half an hour or 45 minutes, they react quite much with wet. Then you can collect this wet. Then you measure this and then you find how much they detoxify with the heavy metals. It's really amazing. These are great units. I've had mine four or five years now. Uh, yeah, four or five years. You know how old that commercial is? <laughs> like, I really should update these commercials. Oh, yeah. Uh, 12 years now. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, I was just thinking, we were, we're in our, uh, we started this show in March of 2008. It's crazy, huh? That was uh, the year that Lehman died. Remember when we first started talking to Andrew? Been a while, huh? Anyway, uh, this song is great. I'm in mine every night. Not that what I do matters because I'm crazy, but I think you'll like them. Uh, uh, they're just really terrific. You saw the picture there. You just sit there and you don't you don't heat up your head, and uh, that's a good thing because nobody likes a hot head. We kind of recommend a cool head and hot booty, and use your imagination there. But you can you can, you can rub, rub castor oil on your tummy, jump in there. I do my spiritual exercise in there and sing Hugh. That's my one of my favorite things to do, and uh, a love song to God, H U. And I do that every night and then jump into a cold shower, do the whole Wim Hof thing. And I'll tell you what, man, I could stay up for about two days. after. That's what I do. That's why I don't sleep. But I don't care. Uh, what do I know? So check it out. Uh, we have the best price ever for this sauna. It is $1,295. Tax title license in the lower 48. We ship them to Canada for $1,495. That's the kind of going price. And uh, that's it. We ship them... Uh, pretty much all over the world, right? Yep, all over the world. We ship saunas all over the world. The only place we were not able to ship them, which is really strange, is Germany. So, Herr Merkel, I think she's had a bad hair day and didn't want us to, to ship them there, but don't get me started with that. So check it out. Just the only way to get that price is to email me, Patrick, at oneradionetwork.com. You're going to like this. You'll really enjoy sitting in there, and even in the summertime, it's just a it's just a beautiful thing. I did something. Something went cattywampus, so let's try that again. This conversation took place six years ago with the brilliant Dr. Patrick Flanagan. Is there any trick to remembering a dream experiences? And we've had so many people that are remembering more and more vivid dreams after being on the organic sulfur. Yeah. That's why, why, what is going on there? Well, the first, first thing that happens with the organic sulfur is that when your body gets cleansed uh, to a certain point, you start dreaming in full technicolor. Most people don't dream in color. They dream in black and white and, um, if, if, and don't remember their dreams at all. And the organic sulfur starts cleansing uh, the brain and the pineal gland starts operating and suddenly the first thing people uh, do is they have these vivid dreams in color. Well, that's just one of the benefits with our organic sulfur. It's totally pure. Very few are out there that are pure as ours is. You can click an order anytime. OneRadioNetwork.com If you'd like more than four pounds, Email me for a 10% or maybe more discount, depending. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. And thanks for your support. 
from the Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com. We are with Bear Paul Lando, and uh, his website is AlphaVedic.com, and we're soon going to be promoting his wonderful products here, but uh, don't wait for us to do that. Go to AlphaVedic, try some of the teas. You'll just be amazed. I still can't get over the smell of these teas. So I open this bag of these teas, and I always like to take a big hit on the smell level before I, before I even put it. It's just, and I love your little directions. I do 180 degrees at five minutes, you know, it's, it's fun. It's just, just great. Oh. So I was gonna go somewhere right before that commercial, because you said something really intriguing, and I lost it. Do you, do you remember what you mentioned right before? Probably not. I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. It'll come back Sorry around. That. You know, it's so funny. Uh, I love to talk about this before we go. Is um, you know, when I come back into my body uh, when it's sleeping, and I know I was just having this wonderful dream experience, right? And but I just can't grab it. And I and I've played with it because and and I and it works really well to not try to grab it. Because, you're, in my opinion, you're trying to go somewhere where it's not because it's always now, right? So I just hang, you know, and I just breathe and breathe and hang, and, and all of a sudden it comes back in. Where does it come from? It just must be a state of consciousness, right? It's not really... What you, it's not really a memory, it's a state of consciousness. I'm back in that state of consciousness where I was, even though there's no was, it just is. Are you confused? <laughs> <laughs> Did, I confuse? <laughs> Did I confuse you? Did I? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty trippy. Sounds good to me. I'm sure, well, well, we're in big trouble. If that Did sounded, you ever do... Um, <laughs> if that sounded good to you, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. <laughs> long ago uh you know i jumped into the was the paul silva was he the guy back then with uh he was kind of the contemporary version of how to do lucid dreaming no no i don't know him no. so uh, it's amazing uh you know the first thing you do is you do a dream journal on the first few days you know you wake up and you just start writing things and you start getting bits and pieces but after a week you know it just triggers and you can't yep. write fast enough yeah yeah it's yeah, everything you really start remembering everything uh, the other really cool thing is there's uh two inert gases uh, krypton and argon Krypton. And if you Superman, no, Superman. If you yeah, Krypton. <laughs> so if you go uh, in Walter Russell's cosmogony of the, you know, the the spiral of the elements and how they exist, um, you know, on the periodic table of elements for real, there's um, each octave has a gatekeeper, and that's uh, like a portal or the akashic record for that octave, and those are the inert gases. And over the years, um, I started working back in about the late 70s with a guy who started uh, understanding how to create inert gas devices with magnets that create then an inert gas field, you know, that's pretty powerful. But krypton and argon, especially if you put these devices under your bed or by your bedside, yeah. um, you're going to have some extremely lucid 
dreaming. I mean, it's crazy. Wow. And uh, Man, we I found do that, that those are really good for How do reprogramming you- old archaic thoughts that aren't productive. Right. Can I go on Amazon and buy some Krypton and Argon and put it under my bed, or where do I get that? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you'd have to do... Um, an internet search on inert gas devices, probably. So, oh, it's actually a gas. It's not um, inert. Um, I'm sorry. It would, what do you call it? So you take the gas. Right. You know, you have neon, krypton, xenon, um, right. you know, and a few others. But you put them in a highly pressurized chamber with a very powerful magnet. And then that creates uh, a, a field of that uh, inert gas. It has different kinds of effects. Yeah, David Wolf used to talk about putting gold under your bed too. That it had a good benefit. Probably, probably so. Yeah, right? yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Call up Vlad and see if he'll sell you some of his gold bars and put them under your bed. <laughs> there you go. Did you see where the boys? Uh, stole a bunch of uh, Vlad's gold and money. Amazing. So I keep hearing stories about, you know, that certain people have all this gold and, you know, they're going to release it at a certain yeah, time. I don't, in the not, Zara I, don't, and, I don't buy into that stuff. I don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people have been waiting for Nassara for a real long time. A long time. I used to, t- I used to bring that up from Andrew Goss every now and then. And he said, mm-hmm. he said, Patrick, you know that they have, they, whoever they are, they have a record of virtually every ounce of gold that's ever been plucked out of the ground for a long, long time. And this idea that the, the white dragon family or whatever has, you know, a cavern of billions of dollars worth of gold and they're going to spread it around. I never, I never got any juju from that. Did you? I just never, I, it always seemed like Disneyland to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you have the the dragon clan in China, <laughs> you know, is overseeing, and then it to the Philippines, and the, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's just um, it's a distraction. What do you think about this idea? What was it? Who used to do the stuff with the Anunnaki, and they came down here and stole a lot of our gold? Do you remember that that all that whole story? Who was so, it? So, uh, what's his name? The Russian? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce his name. Sitchin. Uh, Zachariah Sitchin. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, people have been riffing off of that forever. Um, <laughs> well, well, again, Anunnaki coming from different realms, extraterrestrial. Yeah. Now you have to believe in a whole different cosmogony um, that I think is real. I don't think people from other planets are flying in here. You know, um, there is ample evidence that there are those vehicles and certain conscious life forms, even humanoid looking. Um, that exist amongst us, but they're not from other star systems far, far away. They're interdimensional. And that has actually been proven with some of the work um, with Wilhelm Reich and other folks that learned how to photograph these interdimensional intelligences. That's where I got to turn the boys downstairs because <laughs> a lower, a lower I, that's level. also what... Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what Steiner also referred to as Aramon. Aramon. Uh, yeah, is uh, they are aware of us. We aren't aware of them within the dimensional state, and they do have the ability to access the mental plane of humanity and greatly affect that, which is what our politicians, I'm really convinced, are all mind-controlled more than the rest of us. And then, of course, they're given the technologies to mind-control the herds that are the reason why we have all the problems we have. So that would mean perhaps interdimensional beings from the astral or some other plane, they have the ability to manifest, so you might see a flying saucer or something like that? Well, there are realms within realms, but they aren't, again, extraterrestrial. They're within different planes and Plane. subplanes yeah. within our own Different realm. states of yeah. consciousness, right? Different states of consciousness. Yeah. They take pictures of, of the, the conscious life forms. They take pictures of the vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, I was involved in circles uh, quite a long time ago where we would do some of the things that they talk about, and we didn't even... Uh, we figured out some stuff on our own. This wasn't even after, you know, we didn't even read the books yet, <laughs> but we found that we could do certain exercise and materialize and rematerialize things in the atmosphere. And, you know, with several of us sitting around, so it wasn't just one person hallucinating something. Yeah. So, um, what what is your theory, your best idea, according to Bear Parlando, of when when souls came in the body, I mean, rocks and everything is a soul, right? Planets, everything is soul. But So, when do you think that you and I knew that we knew? <laughs> Going back to the alchemy lab, yeah. um, know you have three things that you isolate out of the four elements and and these three things come from the four elements that's your sulfur your mercury and your salt or what we call the soul the spirit and the body okay and all three kingdoms you know plant animal mineral can be divided up into those three categories because body soul spirit and body yeah because they're all the product of the same electric vectors so that those electric vectors, when you understand how they materialize through the planes of the ether, we'll call it, then that creates those three elements. And then the, you know, the three kingdoms embody those. And in the lab, like we'll take a mineral or a plant, doesn't matter. And then we'll isolate those three things and put them through a lot of evolutions to elevate and do things we want to do with them. But, um, humanoids uh you know have the distinct privilege and ability to become self-conscious and to create those things themselves so there's uh there's a great um you ever read any of uh Goethe's work no so um you know he's like one of these intellectuals from you know back in old europe and steiner did his dissertation on Goethe's work and it just uh, amazingly brilliant work. But in that, they go through that whole question that you just posed. When do we become self-conscious? Yeah. And then there's different levels of being self-conscious. Sure. So, you know, and that never ends either. So, um, you know, I think therefore I am Descartes 
you know, was the first level of realizing that, you know, with the ability to have self-conscious thought, you know, now you are a realized being, but, but you're just at the baby steps. And then they take you from there through successive steps, how you become more conscious, more conscious. And what they talk about is at that first step of, you know, being conscious, aware, like, for instance, if you're little Johnny, you're two years old and you say johnny wants a cookie um you know that day will come when he says i want a cookie that is a realization where you flip into now you're a self-conscious ego you know an identity but with uh descartes first statement then that is the beginning of a lot of stages just like that toddler goes from you know different levels of self-realization too we're still in the stage especially with scientism of looking at the world uh, what they describe in those books is how do they put it a uh, a singular colorblind eye and in that work they teach you how to evolve beyond looking at things in a certain way and understand how to see things in their spiritual totality just through your yeah. uh, sensing and observation but it takes a whole level of training and desire to get there to see the world differently. You know, in our educational systems, they used to do trivium, quadrivium, and all that, which was kind of along the lines of critical thought, but it wasn't all the way into the level that these gentlemen were talking about as far as developing your true spiritual sight. So right now, we're still looking through a one colorblind eye, most of us. My first teacher... My first real teacher this lifetime, he said something that's always stuck with me, and it's actually the title of my latest screenplay, is Look and See. Just look and see, and you see what's going on. You see how it works. And nature is the best teacher. Huh. And what you'll uh, what you learn is if you really watch, like just look at, at a seedling and go through the different development stages, you'll see it keeps repeating certain things hmm. in sequence, hmm. and there's a certain pattern to it. If you watch clouds in the sky, you'll notice they do the same exact thing. Everything that you just really want to sit down, you'll observe. And then that's going to give you keys on as far as what's really going on spiritually behind the form. Hmm. And then that's where form overcomes matter. And that's what I believe we're here to do is to learn how to overcome matter, not be trapped in a matrix of matter of our own making. Yeah, yeah. So where do you think, where do you think these bodies came from? How did these bodies get from sound and light at the beginning or sound i guess in the beginning was the word maybe sound and then light how did these bodies come to being in your opinion so going back to the electrical sorry for i you know, I, I, you know I, it's, I gotta ask a few questions <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding you know, every everything I'm I'm uh, you know just talking about with my own opinions is based on a lot of smarter people that I've 
study the keen before but then through the practice of medicine through the practice of laboratory sciences through you know and i'm a full-time farmer you know if you just take what they've been telling us forever and then you observe and the three things i've got to observe with you go wow there's this is i think this is true Mm -hmm. that's really the way the universe works but it's all about resonance and geometry and there's certain sacred geometry that creates forms that have different functions than other forms and we happen to be the embodiment of all those that evolutions of those geometries that give us you know the certain number of appendages a number of vertebrae and and what we think of as a human form that is very very special and also capable of being a vehicle for self-consciousness um, so if you look at how things evolve again with the basic electrical vectors and then how they go through the different planes of what the old alchemists understood as the four levels of the ether and 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 it, it's you know as the old hermetic principle as above so below it's really true everything goes through these predictable unfoldings and then the fact that we have the ability to consciously put those things in the motion ourselves and then if we're really clever learn how to manipulate those four planes to create the different things you know we we are unlimited as far as what we're able to create so we created the bodies along the way spiritually as we were going because of our desire to whatever we needed to do grab a fruit or whatever and i don't you know go along with the darwinian evolution kind of concept you know of course there's um it's not evolution in that sequential linear sort of way where it's all about preservation of the form or a preservation of matter it's about universal consciousness expanding itself through many individual lenses of experience so do you and think then, yeah, you think you and i were rocks at one time or gases I don't <laughs> you don't <laughs> that's just me though. yeah so no. so at some point then you and i because we are we are individual souls even though one right and we probably always will be maybe i don't know um but do you think then we plopped down here at some point god plopped us into somebody well i don't think it's plopping down as a manifestation again of those vectors that conform to the geometry that's created by you know the the waveforms in the first place so it's god expanding itself constantly never ending never ending so we're just god is just having some fun through us so to speak it's not even through us it is us it is us yeah that's better said yeah well said it is yeah. us. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Always get- and then, uh, of course, we are the creators of all those things that we think are independent of us, including minerals. We are, because we are little gods. And How can anything get here in the first place unless there's a consciousness that can think of it in the first place? You have to have an idea first. Otherwise, you cannot have form. It's and, and if you really, again, just go at it from a straight, linear, Western logic, right. it's impossible to have any kind of matter or form without an electrical vector. Where do electrical vectors come from? There's only one source, then, wow, we really are co-creators. And that one source is, a, a, whatever you want to call it, spirit or 
the ether, and it has everything in there, right? Everything. Just everything. Mm-hmm. Peace, love, hippie beats, mm-hmm. and compassion, and all the good words, and everything we need. And that's who we are. That's pretty good, right? I like that. And, it, you know, it's really not rocket science. <laughs> and the more you wrap your mind around certain concepts, you realize, you know, what people like me had to learn through our schooling, you know, the the masochistic types like myself that just endured all that stuff for whatever reason. Um, you know, I mean, that that's just a total convoluted mind, you know what, you know, to, yeah. to, I mean, that's just ridiculously complex. The closer you get to the truth, the easier it is. But then, like Walter Russell said, the most difficult part about the truth is you have to unlearn a lot more. And the more school you've been through, the more you have to unlearn. Yeah. Which is why doctors and people are such great gatekeepers, because they've just got too much invested to admit that everything we learned was a bunch of BS in the first place. Yeah. Do you have any theories on when this idea of uh, the germ theory will come out in I mean, do you think it'll ever be common knowledge? I mean, I don't even know what that term means, but it's really out there that the germ theory is just not a, it's only a theory? It's already common knowledge, and it always has been. You know, way back at the beginning, when you had Pasteur and Bouchamp and that whole huh. little dichotomy, most of the world back then knew what Pasteur really was. They also knew that Pasteur was a real thing, and it wasn't about contagions. The only thing that's mm. happened is the vested interest, you know, were waging a propaganda war, and they seduced a lot of folks into, you know, their thought patterns, and then created edifices to the propaganda, you know, that we call research facilities and white coats and all these billion-dollar places that, you know, really impressed the you know, the less astute amongst us. And, um, you know, so that's, and you look at, you know, we're talking about the cell salts with Dr. Carey, you know, yeah. you go into any of those old great minds, Dr. Schusser, they did not buy the, the germ theory at all. Nobody did. Steiner, no, you know, all the great thinkers Whoa. of all time, including good segments of the population have known from the start, it's not true. Now you have, we have been, the only thing that's different right now is you have better propaganda and you have more stupid people. But people are waking up. And I don't mean that in a mean way, I but understand. there's no other way to put it. So pre-Pasteur and way back, uh, folks didn't believe that you would catch stuff, right? They didn't, they didn't believe in the germ theory. Most people. Well, interestingly, even if you go into what we would consider more superstitious thought, they were talking about demons and spirits and possessions. Uh, they were actually closer to the truth because they understood the only contagions are on that energetic level. Mm-hmm. And that's still true. Beliefs and everything. Just like whatever. in new German medicine, mm-hmm. you know, we talk about how we have biological manifestations or expressions of the psyche. Well, the, the other part of that story is how the message goes from the psyche to the brain centers that then stimulate the biological expression. And then that gets into, you know, all that good electrical stuff. And then, uh, you know, in different terminology, those are different energetic or electronic levels. So the old uh, 
you know, folks back then and witch doctors and people had it dialed in way better than we do now. And it's certainly then no accident, Bear, that this whole last two years of this imaginary COVID thing is is out there. I mean, I mean that's yeah. that's cool. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, yeah. a lot of people, you know, went through a lot of stuff, but. It's and then we had a great, you know, the uh, Andrew Kaufman and who you've had on people, here is yeah. a good friend of ours. And, and um, you know, Marcy, who's up here at the farm, you know, a bunch of times, you know, doing filming and stuff. He put out the terrain movie. Right. Which just crushes the whole germ thing. And especially in relation to the, the, the virus stuff. Yeah. And talking. Uh, behind the scenes with Stefan Lanka and you know prominent virologists and people it's just everybody's calling BS on it it's stupid it's it's, it's really stupid. dumb <laughs> Dr. Sam Bailey who we're going to have on she has a, a video a new six part documentary coming out oh yeah she's awesome oh she's cool yeah. is she doing okay now because they were after her well right? I don't know but I think I think she, we're going to get her on and, and talk to her she's were they after her, the boys after her Oh, yeah. Um, I had a little um, communication with her a few months back, and she was, I don't want to say too much, but she mm. said she was um, in the midst of defending herself a bit at the moment, so yeah. she wasn't available, and she said maybe we can get together and talk in the near future, yeah. yeah. Well, she's down under, where she's it's pretty rough there. down there, right? She's in Australia. Exactly. Yeah, she's in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Australians are starting to wake up too. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all over it. Every all over the world. Yeah. I mean, look at all the people. They're just that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, they're not having it. The boys know. are. <laughs> yeah, the boys are losing, and they know it. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and, and that's and, why they're trying to start World War Three. That's right. And th and this, if you you know, I don't know. Have you ever been to the website Saker? The Saker. No, uh -huh. it's cool. Uh, S a k e r dot com. This fellow, is, I think, is one of the number one uh, authorities on this Ukraine thing, and you can read some stuff. Oh, and, cool. Oh, and, 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 you know, of course, we had Tom Luongo and other people on, in our opinion, for what it's worth, this whole Ukraine-Russian thing is nothing like is being promulgated in the media. Nothing. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. And a lot of us knew what was going on there years ago. That's right. That's I mean, even even if you don't aren't privy to some of that kind of intel, I mean, just look at the Biden family. <laughs> I mean, it's just these, I mean, yeah. these crime families, you know, that are making total bank and, and now they're covering their tracks, not to mention the biological labs. And yeah, um, so so the word is, and, I, and I guess well, the, these bio labs were in there because the, the boys or the. The Davos crowd wanted to, you know, just kill all the Russians someday. You know, that's what this is about. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> and they played that one beautifully because they knew that a lot of the alternative community, truth seekers, knew about those bio labs long ago. Yeah. And then so they stimulated that getting out into the alternative circles. So now all the truth seekers are like, oh, there's bio labs. Oh, wait, they took it off their own website. That was all orchestrated, you know, to lead us. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, Rubio's questioning the the Homeland Security lady, you know, and yes, we do have bio labs, but the real danger is Putin's trying to use them against us. So, you know, they yeah. just 
this whole. So they they they've been running that one the last few weeks, right? Well, we're really concerned that Putin oh, yeah. is gonna is gonna use these, uh, you know, do a bio lab, you know, and they're gonna blame it on here. So they're probably gonna release this stuff and blame it on him. Putin, what a trip! But Boy, of course, this... they were doing it for good reasons. Sure. Yeah, of course. So and then go ahead. The the thing that really interests. Uh, irritates me about my own countrymen yes, sir. is where did we get the idea that it's okay for us to bomb civilizations into the stone age under false premises that now we know are false weapons of mass destruction and everything and not care a lick and just you know it's not us it's not you know u.s people it's the government's and so, but, you know, we're just letting that go. And now all of a sudden we're so concerned about uh, a, a leader who's actually doing the right thing by his people. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, we think it's our business. You know, where that is an arrogance that's unparalleled historically, I believe. Vietnam, Central America, Iraq, Libya, so Syria, Afghanistan, Vietnam, uh, you know, come on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So did did you have to go to Vietnam or did you? I was in uh, I was I was on a little uh, island in the South Pacific in Armed Forces Radio. So I I just drank a lot of martinis. Oh, that's all I did. That's right, that's right. I remember you said that. <laughs> I was in the lottery and I got a great number. So I was. You didn't go. Yeah. I was good. I didn't have to go. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and so so karmically, if you think about this government. They're going to get their just desserts, right? I mean, I think we're going to witness it. Ooh. 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 I wouldn't want to be uh, El Presidente when he's doing his life review. Let's just say that. Yeah. No, I understand. So this this Ukraine thing, it, it appears it's kind of line up uh, Russia and China and India and Iran, right? And they don't like Davos and Davos doesn't like them. Jeez, this is not going to end well. And it's the boys that won't fall in line with the central banking. And yeah. everybody knows when their turn is to get bombed. Well, grab the popcorn. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> well, they're in over their heads now. I and think they so, know too. It. The, yeah. the dangerous thing is how stupid will they get in order to save their own skins. Yes, sir. But... I'm I'm optimistic because I think um, there's other levels of intelligence behind the scenes that are a lot more influential than the boys downstairs. Do you think and so? um, I don't think this is going to this realm will not be destroyed or allowed to be destroyed because it has a destiny that's much bigger than these clowns. Yeah, well said. So yeah. um, and also when you have um, ample people within the realm that are having their free will usurped yes then there is a point where there will be repercussions and there will be people already people that have got our backs and people i mean that folks just like you and i but have maybe been around the block a few more times and uh you know yeah. progress to the point where they can do powerful things behind the scenes yeah we had, when we talked to crow he said he said i don't even think they have these nuclear weapons he said i think they're all a bunch it's this bunch of fear porn and wouldn't that be cool if that was true 
I like to I hope. I hope, yeah. I hope. Well, you know, you've seen the same videos of the the guy that used to work in the lab, but you know, the the reactor plants and everything. You know, I I hope that's true. Again, it's one of those things I don't know. You know, yeah. I'm not going to believe something just because I watched a YouTube video. You're not? Oh, come on. But, <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, um, I know darn well that, uh, you know, most of what we think is true is not. Yeah. And even, Bear, these psychopaths, the, the boys, I mean, why would they, why would they nuke themselves and their family and the planet? I mean, they're not that stupid, are they? Yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, I think when it comes to certain things, they know how to protect themselves. Right. And also have places to run to. Uh, on the other hand, um, yeah, just things don't add up for them either. So I, I think there's a good element of bluff in everything as well. Yeah. And of course, the whole, the whole end game on their part is just to create fear. Yeah. And division and yeah. everything that they do, so they can steal more money or whatever they, whatever their goal is. I don't even think it's money. They got all the money. I think it's just control. Huh? It's control. Yeah, and if they were that smart, you think they would get more believable front men? Yeah. I mean, what's that about? I mean, they're. What's that about? Yeah, I mean, if I was them, I would just, you know, I'd get you to be the president or something. You know, people <laughs> might believe you, but what we're supposed to be believing these guys? Yeah, boy, it doesn't make sense. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Or else, or else they're just rubbing our noses in it. You know, I, I mean, that might be true too. I don't know. <laughs> just, just, yeah, let's see what we can do. But I think the real, for, for me, the real interesting thing is, my only on my opinion, I could be totally wrong, but I just don't think Putin's gonna. I don't think he's gonna back down. I don't think he's going to. He can't. I don't think he's going to quit. What is he going to do? Yeah. He's going to stand up for his people like he's doing. Yep. He could have ended this on day one, sure. but he does not want the collateral damage, not just for optics, but he doesn't want to harm his own people. And many of the people in Ukraine are Russians that want Putin to be there. Yeah. Of course, you'll never hear that on Fox or CNN. Yeah. Well, here we are. <laughs> the realm Exciting. Of, of physical reality. What a trip. Yeah. Well, I, I love you, brother. You Thank know, we, you uh, for, for being we on. We keep our ear to the ground, but, you know, I'm uh, when we're done here, I'm back outside, and we're in the mid middle of spring planting. So what we try to do is just keep ourselves grounded, Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, do what's real. And, I'd, uh, you know, my advice for anybody is, yeah, you know, you might want to know what's going on. Don't put your head in the sand so you can make plans. But don't give it your energy because, again, your energy is what they feed off of. So let's starve them out. Yeah, it's fun to talk about just like we've done. But to me, it's just like talking about a great movie that we saw and it's over. Yeah, it's gone. I don't think about it anymore. Right. It's just, okay, well, this is fun. Okay. <laughs> I guess it's just the Matrix, huh? All right, kiddo. Well, uh, thanks you very much. Alphavedic.com if you want to go visit there. And um, we're going to be, be uh, um, promoting your products soon, right? Yes, very soon. 
And I look forward to coming and visiting someday when we're getting ready to do a little project. We're going to work on a movie, right? We're going to do that. Absolutely. Perhaps. We've got a great little river house for you to stay at. Really? As long as you want. A river house. Oh, I love her. I like river houses. Would you hang on just a second and we'll just kind of touch base offline and then, uh, and then we'll let you go back in the garden? Absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you for having love me you. here. Thank love you. Love you a lot. Love, love you very much. Patrick okay. Timpone, OneRadioNetwork.com. And, uh, wow, what a great guy. I so enjoy talking to him. Well, kids, um, uh, tomorrow's kind of up in the air because of all the technical issues. And I think we can get Ray Pete on, maybe uh, Martin Armstrong. He'd be fun to talk about with all this uh, uh, financial stuff going on and, you know, oil. and It's crazy. So we'll see. Just stay tuned to our website on, on the front page. And email me if I can help with anything. It's just Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Any kind of questions, stuff like that, just email me and uh, and I'll see what I can do for you. So I love you all very much. Thank you. Um, thanks for your support. Really means a lot. I mean, man, I make my house payment and buy the food for me and Doodle, and we're good. So I really appreciate that. It just means a lot. So I love you. Thank you. May the blessings be. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.